Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Many years ago, when my dad was growing up, he and his family, his mom and dad and his brother, they would go up to eastern, southeastern Oklahoma, to the area just north of where Lake Broken Bow is today, on the Mountain Fork River, and they would go fishing. They'd spend the entire summer out there fishing in tents with canoes going down the Mountain Fork River, fishing, catching bluegill and goggle-eye and bass and putting together trot lines to catch great big yummy catfish. They would go fishing all summer long from when school would let out until school would begin again. They'd be up in Oklahoma fishing. So then when I was growing up, by the time I came along and my family was here and dad and mom and my brother and I, we'd go up to the same place. We'd go up to Lake Broken Bow and Beaver's Bend State Park and up the Mountain Fork River, up to Smithville, and we would go fishing, fishing on the Mountain Fork River. Some of my favorite memories from childhood were vacation time spent fishing on the Mountain Fork River. The only problem was is that we spent it in tents. No air conditioning, no television, no hot showers. Ooh, icky, icky, icky. And when you had to go to the bathroom, guess what? You went out in the woods. Not fun. Because you see, in my way of thinking, roughing it, it's not having room service. Dad's idea of roughing it was going out and sleeping under the stars at night, which actually I enjoyed. Well, as the family grew older, Dad and I would still go fishing. The summer would hit. I'd be preaching. Dad would come to church ready to go. The canoe would be on the truck. The back of the truck would be packed. Dad would be dressed and ready to go. I'd preach. Dad would sit there and watch his watch, wait, went, okay, how long is he going to take today? And by the time I'd finish, I'd have to go change clothes in my office, and we'd be out in the truck and heading off to the Mountain Fork River in Oklahoma to go fishing for a week. I loved those days. Because, you see, we spent them the nights then in a cabin in Smithville. Well, I got hot water, air conditioning, Hot food, not cooked over a fire, but on a you know, stove. But especially those hot showers. Ooh. Yeah. Loved those days. Going down the Mountain Fork River with my dad. Paddling as he would fish. My dad was amazing. He was a master with the fly rod. He could cast that fly rod out, get that fly out there, get it right up next to the bank. We'd be out in the river in the canoe, and he could take that fly rod and get it right, get that fly right in there next to the bank and pop it along the surface, not get caught up in the tree, not get caught up in the bush, always across the water, and that bluegill, that goggle eye would see that little fly and come up and go and get it, and he'd hook it, and we'd have another little fish to put on the trot line, or a bigger fish, a bass, to eat. It was amazing how he could do that. Me, I'd take the fly rod, I'd back cast and catch a tree behind me. <laughs> or if I got the fly up there and was popping along the surface and didn't get hung up on anything, I'd usually catch an itty bitty little minnow version of a bluegill and I'd pop it and it would fly back over and land in the water behind us. 
Dad would say, you're fishing the wrong side of the river, on the wrong side of the boat, Greg. <laughs> I loved fishing with my dad, but I especially loved sitting in the back paddling. And as my dad grew older and eventually had to go on dialysis, it was difficult, it was troublesome, it was difficult to do it, but we could still make arrangements for dad to go fishing. I would, it was hard, it was a heavy yoke, it was a hot, sweaty, icky yoke to bear. But I would bear it again gladly if I could go fishing with my dad again. If I could settle down in the back of the canoe with the paddle and just watch him sit in the front casting and catching fish. And especially talking together about life, about family, about faith, about the challenges of the church, about the frustrations that come with being the pastor of a congregation. See, my dad was an engineer. He was one of you. He was a brilliant man, a brilliant man. He was one of you. So I could share with him what was going on and the struggles that I had in my congregations. And he could listen. And often he had advice that had escaped all the experts that I would talk to. All the other pastors and district superintendents and bishops that I'd talk to. But he would see the problem. I would give anything. If I could go fishing again with my dad. If I could bear that what truly was a light an easy yoke to be with my dad again. In our gospel reading this morning, Jesus speaks to all of us who struggle with heavy burdens in life. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Life can be exhausting. It can grind us down like a wheel into the dust. Life can be tough. It can be difficult. Work, family, dealing with the government, dealing with school, dealing with the people in our lives sometimes can be really tough. Sometimes you say to yourself, you know, why do I have to have a family like I have? I, I can't choose my family members. I'm born into that family. It can be tough to deal with loved ones, but especially life can grind us down. Work can grind us down. The fears of the future can grind us down. The problems of today can grind us down. And in the moments of being ground down, we hear Jesus saying to us, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, as the King Jimmy puts it, weary and heavy laden. Come to me. That, that word, come to me, that's an interjection. It means come now. Not come next week, not come next Tuesday, not come next month or next year, but come right now, this very instant, without delay. Don't wait. Don't set it aside to answer it later. Do it now. Come now. Come now, all of you. Not a limited number of you. Not you over here, but not you over there. Not this group here, but not that group there. No, it's inclusive. Come 
all of you now. Come, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That word rest is the most important part of the message today. Rest. It means not so much to sit back and take your leave and, oh, I can rest now. It's not eternal rest. The word means especially refreshment. Rest for a purpose, to become re-energized. Rest to be reinvigorated. Rest to be re-empowered. Rest to be given new life. Come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you refreshment. I will give you nourishment. I will refresh your life. I will give you life anew. That's what that word rest means in the New Testament Greek. Refreshment. I will give you refreshing life anew. And Jesus gives us this refreshing life, not just simple rest, but refreshing life because of what's going to happen next in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That phrasing, take my yoke upon you, is in the imperative case. Not you might want to think about taking my yoke upon you. It might be a good idea if you take my yoke upon you. It might be a nice idea or a nice plan that we might someday want to think about possibly eventually taking up Jesus' yoke upon us. No, it's an order. It's a command. It is in the imperative case. It is not negotiable. Thou shalt take my yoke upon you, Jesus says to us. Take it now. Take my yoke upon you. Not, do we have to, but yes, sir. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me. That word learn comes from the Greek word from which we get the word disciple. To be discipled to Jesus, mathetes, to be discipled to Christ. We are called to be discipled to Him, to be a disciplined learner. That's what He's saying. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Be discipled to me. And that word yoke, it, we use a yoke, we think of a yoke many different ways. Clergy... I have under my chargeable here a stole. Clergy wear stoles as a symbol of the yoke of obedience. Not as a symbol of authority, but as a symbol of the yoke of obedience. We are under the authority of another, and that other is Jesus Christ. We are under the authority of God, and we are called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to the last, the least, and the lost, to all and to proclaim this message that the invite comes to all who will take up the yoke and be discipled to Jesus. 
We wear the yoke of obedience because we are called to obey Jesus and welcome all without exception into the family of God. To welcome all to take on the yoke. And one of the words that can be translated from yoke is balance, scale, and also the, the Greek word is zygos. We get the word zygote from it. Ooh. In other words, we are called to be pregnantly ready. Yeah, 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 she spurted over here. Pregnantly ready to be used by God, to be used by the creator of the universe, to reach out with God's love for all. Take my yoke upon you. We think of yoke as that harness that we put on a horse to pull a plow. And it is that, but it's more than that. It's to be made ready to be a disciplined learner and follower of Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Again, that word rest is refreshment or refreshing grace, or refreshing peace. We will find refreshment for our souls. We will be re refreshed, re-enthused, brought back to life, rested for future work. Following Jesus does this for us. It's a yoke of obedience and disciplined learning. But it's an undertaking for a purpose. It's an undertaking for service. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. How do we become refreshed? How do we become refreshed and take up that yoke? Why do you come to church? Mark, why do you come to church? Do you come to church because it's your job? Uh, good answer. Good answer. You don't come to church because it's your job. You don't come to church because it's how you've been trained and taught to do it. I'm sure some of the kids say, I come to church because I was drugged here. I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church. No. That's not why you come to church. You don't come to church because of habit. I know a lot of people do, but that's not the real reason. You come to church to get refreshed. You come to church to be watered, fed, spiritually filled. You come to church to be refreshed, to be rested and ready to go forth for another day. I come to church not because it's my job. I come to church to be refreshed by the love, the presence, the grace, and the peace of Jesus in all the many means of grace. There are many means of grace. Means of grace are instruments through which we receive the love of God. And there are many of them. There's the scriptures being read. There's the prayers of the people being offered. 
There's the hymns of the congregation being sung. There's the anthem being sung and proclaimed by the choir. There's the music of the beautiful organ being played. That's a means of grace. There's fellowship together. There's service. There's giving. All of those are means of grace. There's the sacrament of Holy Communion at the table of the Lord. The preeminent means of grace, Jesus Christ our Lord's real presence in the sacrament of Holy Communion, feeds us, nourishes us, refreshes us for life and service to a broken and hurting world. That's why I come to church. To feast on the riches of God's grace. To taste and see that the Lord is good. To take up the yoke and to learn from Jesus. For his yoke is easy and his burden is light. My prayer for us here at First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, is that we would come to God's sanctuary to feast on the riches of God's grace, to fellowship together, to praise God together, to pray together, to learn together, to eat at the table of the Lord together to remember our baptisms together, and to go out those doors together, to serve in the name of Jesus, to make disciples, disciplined learners of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. My prayer for us is that we would come to be fed, to be nourished, to be refreshed, by God's grace. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Do you know people who are hungry and thirsty? Well, then come. In fact, it's more than just an offering. It's the command of Jesus. It's in the imperative. Come and take my yoke upon you. That's what Jesus says to us. Let's do it. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In your presence, Lord, let me learn at your feet. I will taste the riches of been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Commerce, Texas, and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information and for other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at First United Methodist Church, 1709 Highway 24, Commerce, Texas, 75428. This program was produced by Dr. Greg Neal.